Welcome to Through the Wire. Through the wire, first episode of the new year. Let's get it, y'all. First episode of the new year, man. We're in 2021. Y'all got y'all got goals for 2021? Always. Just get bigger and better. Uh, Be wiser. My girl said it's the year of growth. So, you know, trying to grow. But as far as the podcast, it's, you know, we're going for that number one spot, man. Okay. Yeah. I want to watch the most basketball I've watched this year. I want to just become a better uh, analyst and just... No more players. Follow more players that I probably never really followed in the past. And uh, watch college That that could be enough. You could throw that in there for me. You say as much most basketball you ever watch. Basketball is basketball. Yeah. State and National Basketball Association. That's why I threw that in there. <laughs> the high school basketball, the WNBA, mm. Euro League ball, mm. any type of ball. I think. Uh, I think my one of my main things is I, I definitely want to get on my home workout stuff. Like, I just want to get in more shape. So I think that's, that's something I'm going to definitely be, you know, working on this year. Okay. Uh, other than that, I mean, I think it's just a year for us to go, like, 2020 was just so bad. Like, 2021 has to be more positive, you know? You would think uh, so, but that ain't always the way it works. It's you not, know? but you could, it could, you could speak it into existence, you know? Yeah. You know, I'm not going to go into Gave you something last night. He want to get ripped. Uh, I do want to, but that don't mean I'm going to, I'm going to. <laughs> I, I just don't, I never really liked that. Like I never had that feeling like, Oh, I want to be swole as hell. And ripped. Right. I just wanted to be, always be like, I want to be cut. You know what I'm saying? Right, like yeah. when I take off my shirt, I'm like, dang, I ain't even know. Mm-hmm. Um, but that takes, that takes a lot of effort. And I, uh, I do want to eat better. That's probably my thing. Let's eat just, better. let's just eat better. Um, and then when it comes to this work stuff, you know, another year of progression, you yeah. know, getting the name out there more um, and continuing to do what we do. You know what I'm saying? It's just, you know, just continue to do what we do. Um, season is here. We're about, what, each team five, six, seven games into the year. We got a, a decent sample size for the NBA season. My first question to y'all is, I want everybody to give me a team that, like, they've been really honed in on. Like, when this team is playing, you definitely watching and, and the reason for it. The Spurs, for me, um, that's been, like, my league pass team for some reason. The, they have the reputation of being boring, mm-hmm. but they're actually very exciting to watch this year. Like, Keldon Johnson's always attacking the ring. He's getting buckets. DeJounte, a triple-double a triple some nights. Uh, Lonnie Walker's a bucket. Uh, Derek White just came back, so he's going to provide a little bit more shooting. Uh, that team all around is pretty exciting to watch. That's a um, good pick. I, I pulled a, like, a, a autographed Keldon Johnson in a pack opening the other day, and it's a rookie, and I was like, yeah, keep keep doing your thing, man. Let's get this value up. Let's get this value up. But, yeah, um, one, one thing about Lakers. What do you have, like 26, 28 yeah, against he had, the Lakes? He had, a career, he had a career night, and he was not missing either. Like, he was super efficient. Yeah, he was. Yeah, it was plays. He was going at Anthony Davis too, which is not hard. So, uh, props to him. Yeah, the Spurs were definitely doing that. I tweeted out too, like Demar Derozan. Like, there's periods of time where he literally doesn't even think about taking a three, but there's just time. Like, he hit three. He was smacking him yesterday, like mm-hmm. all net, all fluid. I'm just like, why does he have to try to come play against us like this? Like, these are the type <laughs> of things that help help the Spurs win. We don't want that, you know. At least for tonight, but the Spurs have been doing what they do. Are they other than them being fun? Are they looking like really, really good? Like, like playoff worthy? Uh, playoff worthy is questionable, but they are looking like 
there's growth. There's a lot of growth within that team. You can definitely see a lot of players took a step this year. Mm, okay. I think getting getting Lamarcus back would be okay. Getting Lamarcus back, I think, would be huge because Drew Ebanks be getting those minutes. You know, obviously having Lamarcus in there would be a lot better. Yeah, I think he missed two games in a row so far. Yeah, he has. And it's kind of crazy that they were in that game still without him. Mm-hmm. Like that's just how that's just shows you how good they've been playing. Okay. I have not watched much of the Spurs this season. I will admit that, but I'm I'm gonna have to tune in now that you got me thinking that Keldon Johnson is the man. Keldon Johnson has been hooping. Dejounte too. Dejounte had a triple double. Um, you know, already know DeRozan. Uh, Lonnie Walker has had some plays. They are they they are a solid young little team in that aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say a team that I I really been kind of just like enjoying watching is this Hawks team. Mm. Um, obviously, we know Trey Young is a is a star, but like the growth of that just one year for for Cam Reddish and DeAndre Hunter, like it, it's really showing. And with the pickups that they made in free agency, it's like yes, it's gonna help them. But it's like damn, I also just want to see these young guys do what they do and continue to grow because you know eventually some of those minutes are gonna go away when Gallinari has come in and Bogdan, but like they're gonna steal some of those minutes away. But the game against the Nets, I was gonna tweet it out too, but I didn't want to get too disrespectful, but. Uh, the young guy, the young Queens, Cam Reddish and DeAndre, they were giving Kyrie and Katie problems. Yeah. Like it, it was, three, I think it was two possessions in a row where Katie was just bringing the ball up and they got into him. He just turned it over. Like it just, the handle didn't look as tight when DeAndre Hunter or Cam Reddish was on. Same thing with kind of Kyrie Irving. But we, we know how great those players are, but the, that team has got to be something special. I want to see how far they go this year. I'm mad at What? You just talked about the Hawks for three minutes and you didn't mention John Collins once. John Collins is just a bully. That man just be dunking shit. My man's just a walk a double double himself. <laughs> I like how Cam Reddish is taking this advantage though. Uh, with Gallinari being out, coming out and showing that he deserved these minutes, um, he's putting the pressure on the coach now to kind of make that decision on mm-hmm. what do I do? Because right now they're rolling. You don't want to come in and fuck up that chemistry by throwing in Gallinari, who ain't been playing all season. So he's really gonna put that pressure on him. Gallinari's played. Um, I mean, he's missed like he's what? missed the last game and a half. I think in the the um, Brooklyn Nets game, he played like four or five minutes before he messed up. I think it was his ankle or whatever. But it's not like he ain't been there, um, and he's been okay. I I think that like we ta- I don't know if we talked about this here. Or I talked about it individually, but like the first couple games of the season, they were missing so many players. We just found out that Chris Dunn had another surgery, so he'll be out indefinitely. Uh, they were missing, like, Rondo and Yekka Kongu. They were missing Gallinari at some point. They were missing Tony Snell, uh, Clint Capella. So they were missing good rotational players, and they were still putting together wings. But, like, with Clint Capella coming back into the lineup, with Rondo coming back to the lineup, I think that Lloyd Pierce has been doing a pretty damn good job of making sure everybody that deserves minutes is getting their minutes. Um, like you were saying that Cam Reddish is putting pressure on, but Cam Reddish has been getting PT all season. No matter who the hell was active and who wasn't active, that's how good of a player he has been. Um my my biggest concern with them is just like the I'm always gonna be the guy on the panel out of us four that's talking about the defense. Every everybody else will be like, damn, they they throwing up 140 points. I'm like, yeah, but they giving up 141 sub nights, and that's what we've seen so far this season. Um, they played two games against a really good team. That was the Brooklyn Nets. The first game they ended up losing, and that game was like no defense was played on either side of the ball. Everybody just coming up, chucking shots, and it was going in. And the second game they kind of clamped up a little bit, and that's what I want to see from this team because the first couple games of the season they were going against bad teams, and you can afford to to not play great defense when you're going against those bad teams. But we want, I still want to see them go against one of these really good teams and clamp up like they did the other night. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like they definitely have the pieces where they can consistently get stops in. Last year, it was a little question mark, um, but this year, they definitely do have the pieces where they can come out and lock up. I think they have the pieces. I, I also think that it's a newer team, younger team. Um, I think uh, not having a training camp and things like that, they're going to have to learn it on the fly and get it together on the fly. I think if we pull it up, I don't have it in front of me, but if we pull it up the top defensive teams thus far this year, I bet it would be a team that has had some type of um, chemistry or experience playing with each other. Okay. Like, it, Want me to tell you the top? Yeah. I'll tell you the top five. Philly is number one, number one defense. And the, what I'm going by is points per possession given up, by the way. Um, so Philly's number one. Toronto's number two, which is telling you how bad Toronto's def- I mean, offense is that they're one and three with the number two defense. Um, the Phoenix Suns, who are five and one, who we'll talk about a little bit they're, later. They're a bit of a newer team. Okay. Yeah. Um, the Cavaliers, which is crazy because they were the worst defense in the league the last, I think, three seasons, and now they're they're top top five. And then the Pacers, those are the those are the top five defensive teams this season so far. So four of those five, only one of them I would consider newer. And then Suns not even that newer. They just added CP and Jay, but for yeah. the most part, Cam Johnson, Kale Bridges. Devin Booker, Aiden, all of those guys are still there. And then the Yeah, and then the guys they added were like defensive players, like really good defensive players in Chris Paul and Jake Crowder. Yeah. But in the top five teams you just named, one of my teams is in there. Well, my team, my answer is in there, and that's the Indiana Pacers. Uh, really good team. Really, really like the team a lot. Y'all know I'm a big Sabonis dude, so that's one of the reasons I was tuned in early. Um, but then they actually just been fun to watch. Um He's been super fun to watch, of course, but we've had some Victor Oladipo games. Uh, Brogdon is being that solid NBA basketball player. He's just like, he's just super, super good um, all around. <clears throat> Even Aaron Holiday. I like Aaron Holiday. I think Aaron Holiday is a little underrated. Um, TJ Warren, we found out, is hurt. So that, that, that'll be a big blow for them. But at the same time, will it, you know, like, will it be? Because they they're always a team that when a guy goes down and you're like, oh, shit, it. There it is for the Pacers, man. And then they, they play better. Or, they, you know, like when Oladipo went down, it was like, damn, mm-hmm. that team was going to be good, man. But then they still was good. So it's like, mm-hmm. um, I mean, Miles uh, Turner, too, he, you know, he just, he, he's just such an Indiana Pacer type guy. I know we talk about him getting traded all the time, but it's, he just, he's just like a Pacer. Yeah. I mean, that Pacers team, like, they, they're not like star studded at all, but we know Sabonis is, he's all star. Victor Oladipo can be. Malcolm Brogdon could be and TJ Warren could even like he he's not an all-star, but he plays sometimes at an all-star type level. So I think that's always just gave him the benefit because they they always live by that next man up mentality. And when you got talent shit, you can make it work. Yeah, but yeah. It, it like it significantly lowers their ceiling though, too, though. Um mm-hmm. it's just every single year, like P said, they they end up injuring one of their top five players. One of their starters is always out for a significant time, whether it be VO or Sabonis not in the bubble or or now TJ Warren. Obviously, they they do have a great culture yeah. where – what you say? Jeremy Lamb. Jeremy Lamb is still out, right. So they do have a nice culture of like, okay, we're deep enough of a team that even us missing one of our top five players will still get it done, we'll still make the playoffs, we'll still be competitive. But without TJ Warren, it's – it does lower it a little bit. I'm not saying they were ever contenders with TJ Warren, but without him 100%, like whatever this little bright spot that they have this season is lowered just a little bit. Yeah. That's a 20-point-per-game score. Yeah, that's all I was about to say. The 20-point-per-game score. You don't just make that up just out of nowhere. Yeah. I mean, the Pacers are a tough team for me to watch. Um, 
when I do watch it, it is exciting because they do have the only guy in the league that steals like bullying motherfuckers, and that's Sabonis. So that's cool. Um, the thing that's been interesting to me is how they're playing differently with Nate Bornkerin versus Nate McMillan. Um, and a lot of the stuff, I've been seeing a lot of trends on Twitter of people showing something that the not the Pacers, that the Raptors did last year and it being the same thing that the Pacers are doing this year because Nate Bornkerin was the, the offensive guy for the for the. Uh, for the Raptors, like the game one of that Sabonis hit was a play that they ran for Valanciunas a couple of years ago to win them a game. So it's just cool to see like players have their own little culture trees. We already talk about it with Greg Popovich of he got six or seven coaches around the league that used to be underneath him and Nate McMillan. I mean, not Nate McMillan. Um, Nick Nurse is starting that with uh, Nate Bornkin, which is which is really cool. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, another team I've been watching is the King. They gonna let Kenny answer. Oh, oh, what? the Kings was my team, though. The I Kings knew was my team. Oh, I thought Kenny gave one. My bad. No, uh, That's King, the I Kings knew. is 100% my team because they've reverted back to, like, let's play fast. Let's play good defense. Um, Hold on one second. I got to sneeze. Uh, fast, good defense. Um, Some of the games that they've lost so far, it's just like, damn, they were, like, this close. Like, there's no reason. The, the game that they lost against the the Rockets, there's no reason for De'Aaron Fox to shoot that shot. I'm sorry. You were, he was one for six from three. They still had two to three seconds to get it back to Buddy or give it back to some of the other shooters. Um, but but the call is great with Doug Christie and um, oh my God, I'm I'm drawing a blank. Is it Mark Jones? I forget who the who the new guy is because you know they fired the other guy. Um, the call is great. The the team is fun. And it's just it's just good. It's just good to see the Kings back to where they were a couple years ago because last year was such a down year mm-hmm. that to see them back competitive is amazing. Rashawn Holmes has been really really good, but that that got me thinking about like what the what the hell is happening to Hassan Whiteside? What do you mean? He's healthy and he gives no PT. He's playing like three I thought, to five bro, minutes. I thought he was, he we talked about that when they signed him. Like where was he going to play? Yeah, I but thought I he was, was going to have some impact. I thought he was like. Just those games, because like I said, Marvin Bagley's back better, but like last year, they didn't really have nobody. They had Bialitsa running the five most and they of the, or still some do. of the time. Bialitsa still running and back that's the five I, for them. And that's why like, Hassan Whiteside got to come in and get boards and blocks or something. Like, he, he's got to have some value in that market. His contract says that his market was very low. Didn't he yeah. get like a million, I mean, four million one year? Yeah, he got something very small, especially compared to what he was getting paid in a couple years in Miami. Mm-hmm. It's just like, I, I just wonder what's because so they run in Rashawn Holmes. Um, Bielitsa, and then of course Marvin Bagley runs some center in there as well. Um, and it you could think- just be playstyle. He doesn't really fit their playstyle. He's slow. He's mm-hmm. not going to really get up and down the court. I mean, and defensively, he he, yeah, defensively he's not good in the open space. Like, because right. I, I mean, we can all agree De- as long as De'Aaron Fox is healthy and he he's looking speedy. Once he gets that, you know, that foot in the paint, you know, their their offense is going to have some type of generation, right? Because mm-hmm. He's just too good of a player at this point. Yeah, but I, I mean, I also see what Ken, Kenny is saying because they signed Hassan Whiteside for a reason. They didn't sign him just to. Maybe it's just insurance, insurance in case they, they lose Marvin Bagley again. Who who know who knows? Um, Bagley and Rashawn Holmes are running the court. They running that. They running those lanes. Mm-hmm. I don't see Whiteside keeping up with De'Aaron Fox and Buddy Hill creating those lanes. True, true. I mean, it, it is very weird, but I, I'm happy that like. Luke Walton doesn't feel pressure to play him if he just doesn't fit. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes teams assign a player, but like we need to play him because we gave him mm-hmm. money. Um, but no, Nate, uh, Luke Walton's like, no, I'm good. He'll play his ten minutes a game, and sometimes it'll be a lot less than that, depending on the matchup. We only gave him four million. Yeah, right. It ain't like we losing that much money, and he's he's funny in the locker room. That's what he's here for. He's here to be funny. 
Yeah, Sammy for four million. Speaking of the call, <laughs> you talking about Doug Christie and stuff. Did y'all see the Hornets announcer when Biz McBeyond was shot that three? Yeah, yeah. What happened? Biz McBeyambo attempted a three with 17 seconds left on the shot clock. So it wasn't like he had to get a shot up. And he damn near airballed. Maybe he did airball. And then the announcer was like, oh, no, or something like that. You know, it's the same <laughs> announcers that when Zach Levine got that steal, it was like, oh, they, I'm telling you, Mike, we, we nah, talked about this before. Bro, Your announcers are amazing. No, it, it, they're the Hornets, the Hornets announcers, the Raptors announcer, like, they be having exciting their hands when the sh- when the game be close with I don't know. Biz McBeyond was shooting a three. That shit don't even sound good in a dream. Right? <laughs> Darnie sent it to, sent it to the uh, group chat and was like, motherfucker sound like, like he just watched somebody die. And I'm like, what is he talking about? So I click on a link and they open it up and he was like, oh my gosh, Biz McBeyond. And I was like, damn, it, it did just sound like he was just. They, I mean, they all had a custard there out as soon as like they got back to the huddle or something because he that's just a tweak moment. Hey, but me. you want to know what makes it even worse? Is mm. at that point they were down by like three, and over the next like three to four minutes they could not score after that. It was like <laughs> it was like he just the offense just died with that jump shot. And that's one it, of those shots where it just kills your momentum where you just like I don't even like get back on. That's that John yeah. shot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know about that. Export me range. And that was such a bad loss for them because they lost to the Grizzlies who were missing so many people and they were fully healthy, basically. So it's like, that's that's a bad loss for them, 100%. Other than, of course, Cody Zeller's not there, but that's a that's a bad, bad loss. And it wasn't even close. It wasn't close whatsoever. Speaking of bad losses, um, this season, there were way more blowouts than they were at this point last year. Um, it's, making it, it's making it harder to watch for sure because you invested like, oh, shit, these two teams going at it. And then in the first quarter, it's like 15 already. And you're like, wow. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, you called it. You called it yesterday, and I mean, it was like Bucks versus Bulls, but that game was like almost immediately oh, a twenty-point game. Oh, we knew that. We knew that. Yeah, that's what they did. What Derek did. <laughs> yeah. Derek put some money on it, like the Bulls gonna lose by thirty, and he won like forty dollars or something like that. Yeah, whenever I see a good team win against the Bulls, I'm gonna start putting money. He also did that against the Warriors and lost. I did because I projected the Warriors to come out and be better, and it just. I figured Kobe White versus Steph. I thought Steph would just kill him. They got one of the coldest mans in the league on their team, bro. Oh, wait, which yeah. things you talking when about? I'm, I'm talking about, when I say cold, I mean like he on the cold. I'm talking about Kelly Oubre. Man to shoot at 4% from three. I watched that game last night, and that, he was just, man. Man, he be open too, bro. Like, he I be is. feeling bad. Like, I be <laughs> feeling bad for them, bro. He is this double team. Steph and was like, so, shoot it, Kelly. Mm-hmm. But we got Draymond back, you know? Mm, he was he was there he's to okay. help. He, he's there to get like spread the ball. He he not he's not making no team better, bro. He's not pushing no team over the hump. He, he's all coming in and take a one dribble mid range and miss. That was the only shot I seen from tape. Yeah, it was rough. It was very very rough for them. Um, I, that, we got to take this moment and just realize how special Clay Thompson is. Like, I, we to me, this whole Warriors team is just turn around if he's on the floor. Mm. You know, another 20-point. Shooting 0% from three. Wait, what happened? Kelly Oubre is shooting 0.040. Yeah. Yeah, four, yeah, yeah, he's shooting 4%. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, he's shooting 4% from three, which is – I think he's only made, like, two. I think he that was in one. the same game. Oh, he, he made two. I thought it was still one. I thought it was, like, one. Maybe it is still one. I got y'all. Don't worry. It's funny when he made that one, like the whole bench started celebrating and he got all excited. It's like the Ben Simmons three. That's yeah. that's what Kelly Oubre's turning into right now. The Ben Simmons three. 
Bro, I was like, bro, I thought he was just going to be lit this year. I know the first game. Yeah, one three. One three. Wow. I know the first game he had that 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 one nasty putback where he got that shit. Or no, it was just like a, a putback on KD. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, he's gonna be an energy spark plug. That man ain't can't hit a shot for nothing. One out of twenty five from three this year. He's got to be in his own head now. It's 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 hard not to when you're shooting like that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. now that the pressure yeah. is on because it, he's plays for the Warriors, like the pressure is on because you're with Steph Curry. Yeah. Mm. And Steph is only as good as the people around. Oh, don't say, don't say, don't say disrespectful that. As hell. Don't say that. Don't say that. Don't say that. One, this, I'm, I'm it, you take any, you take any, you take any dude and put him around motherfuckers that can't shoot. I guarantee he's gonna struggle. Put him around somebody who's one. This, exactly. this is why basketball is a beautiful thing because there can be so many different greatness and different, just different things. Because it's like. Steph Curry is a great player. We we know that. I, I'm not gonna say what Eric said. No, I'm not saying he's not a great player. Either. I'm just saying like it's. No, I, I, I know you don't perfect. believe that, but what you said is like disrespectful. He's only as good as the people around him. That's that's okay. a little backhanded for a two-time MVP, the first unanimous ever. He's only as good as the people around him. I get what you're trying to say, but I don't think that's the the term I would use because, yeah. like. I, think, I don't know. He, he's. I would say he's definitely, obviously, going to be more effective with people who can shoot. Right? It's not too. It's not always all the eyes looking at him, and I worried about Kelly Oubre, Andrew Wiggins. You know, I get what you're the saying though, because you take a guy, and this is why this conversation years ago was so like such a good conversation on Twitter. It was the whole Russell Westbrook versus Steph Curry. Who would you take to build a team around? Right. And a lot of people were going with Steph automatically because he was the champion. He was going further, whatever. Um, and this is like around the time KD left Russ, so everybody was trying to shit on Russ. But it was a real conversation to me because I was saying back then, like, and I'm sure I still got the tweets. I was probably going crazy, but um, I just think that when you don't have, when you don't know what you're going to have, Russell Westbrook is always going to make something work. No, you know no. what I mean. Steph Curry, prime, prime, prime Russell Westbrook. I don't know if that's the yeah. same for now. Uh, we're talk- I, that's what I said years ago. This is I was just clearing it up for the fans because they're going to be like, oh, they're one in five right now. What are you talking yeah, about? I don't, I don't want Steph Curry to be looked at for this. You know what I mean? He's, he's a little older. That's why I yeah. also said years ago. He's like, you know, so. Um, but, yeah, it's like Steph Curry, he, he, does, he, he does need particular things around him more than like a Russell Westbrook. But also he can – mesh with other great players better than Russell Westbrook. So I just think I, I love the fact that basketball can have these different mm-hmm. things to make different people great. We have can have all these different conversations. That's why it's frustrating when people just want to have one. No, yeah. And the Wizards obviously are doing bad, but like, I mean, in the past, yes, we, we know, we know like players like Russell, they, they can carry just like a bag of bones to the playoffs or something like that. Because that's the question. If we trade both of them right now, both the Wizards are significantly better. better. Both teams make it better. True. Okay, yeah, yeah, because this is what I think about it. Prime Russell Westbrook raised your floor significantly. Mm-hmm. We're like, if, like P said, if it was him and a bunch of fucking role players, he was going to put his backpack on and get them to the playoffs. While Steph Curry raises your ceiling significantly, he could take a good team to the greatest team of all time type thing. So it is not just who is the better player. It's not that. It's just like it depends on what the hell where you're going for. It just depends. If if I was building a team of prime Russell Westbrook versus prime Steph Curry, and I can only have one star than the rest of the role players, I'll probably go with Russell Westbrook. 
But if I can guarantee that I'm getting another star player alongside him, I'm going with Steph Curry 100% of the time. Mm-hmm. It's just the way I, it is. It's versus how do you want your floor to be super high or do you want your ceiling to be super high? And that's that's the debate, really. Mm-hmm. I think that's a very interesting just topic. You know, I, it's super interesting. It, and a lot of people don't have it that way. They just have it one way where it's like, oh, I'm a Russell Westbrook fan. So look, Russell can take anything. And it's like, yeah, but then if you flip it on the other side and you have an all star studded team, Steph Curry's going to mesh with them better. Or you have a secondary all-star or a third, you know, like he would he would fit better. Like right now, if the if the Nets could get Steph or Russ, they're tremendously better with Steph. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, it's it's just a it's an interesting conversation if you're trying to have an interesting conversation. But obviously a lot of people just wanna mm-hmm. talk about who they Bro, like. I, I cannot imagine Steph Curry playing with the gravity of a player that Davis Bertanzi is from the three point line or Bradley Beal is. Like, that is ridiculous. Like, when we played them back-to-back, um, the Bulls played them, the Wizards I'm talking about, the Bulls did not guard Russell Westbrook unless he was at the at the uh, free throw line. Mm-hmm. You can't do that same thing with Steph Curry. No. They and were basically why- double-teaming Bradley Beal, and whenever Davis came off a screen, he was getting a, a hard hedge. You can't do mm-hmm. that if Steph Curry is on the team. Right, and that's why it's like, it, it was so hard for me to, like, just see – this Warriors team struggle like this because Stephen, what if Stephen Curry is healthy, I always feel like he's one of the best offensive players in the world just without even shooting the ball, you know? And you think about the, the rules of basketball on the fast break, get to the paint or stop ball. You can't really do that with Stephen Curry's on the floor. Right. First thing you probably got to do is locate him. And then, so like, that's why I say like, just having him on the floor, that opens up the game for everybody, right. you know? And that's why I think like, what we, we talked about this, like Russell Westbrook could carry a bag of bones to the playoffs. But I think that just, his game in the playoffs just is going to mesh well with the, how good he shoots the ball. You know, I feel like teams, teams can take away from Russell Westbrook and also his teammates in the playoff if he's not shooting that ball well. Right. And, and to go back to what if Russell Westbrook was on the Warriors, there's mm-hmm. like a significant play. They play so differently, right? Steph Curry is not going to the lane, even though Steph Curry could probably get past his defender 100% of the time. He's not going to the lane because we're talking about a guy that's like 6'2 and thin-framed, right? Yeah. Russell Westbrook don't give a damn. Russell Westbrook gets to the lane and take all the contact, and that could be what's, what's the difference in them when it comes to making the Warriors better. It's like he's going to penetrate, and he is not going to be stopped whatsoever. Yeah. So. I see that step I'm looking for the Warriors, too. Like, I'm, I'm, I, said, I think I said this last episode, but, like, when is Steve, Steve Kerr going to like just simplify what they do? Because mm-hmm. obviously they don't have the guys, the time, um, or the talent to even run what they're used to normally running. You know what I mean? So it's like at some point you're going to have to just fold and be like, Andrew Wiggins isn't going to run the same offense that I run with Clay Thompson. Mm-hmm. And the guy, like, it's just not going to happen. So they should just open up that floor as much as possible and just pick and roll that bitch out. Like, I would even, even if you didn't have Steph, even if, you know, because it wasn't, maybe it won't be as potent with Steph as the ball handler because you can just help help off Wiggins and Uber. Let Wiggins just pick and roll that shit. You know what I mean? Like, just try some different things because that normal offense just won't hit the same. You know, not to say that it ain't good or it's bad, but it just won't, you know, you can't replace Klay Thompson, so let's not even pretend that that's an option. Yeah, so I I think it was was Kevin O'Connor. Who yeah, had, um, say that last night, right? Yeah, he had tweeted something like, "Steve Kerr's offense is like teaching calculus to a bunch of pre-algebra students, or something like that." 
um, which makes a lot of sense because I mean, if you really think about their roster. I don't know much about James Wiseman yet, but like they don't kind of sound like he watching. Facts. Um, they don't have high IQ players other than what Draymond Green would be for him and Steph Curry. Those are the only two. Um, and again, James Wiseman's 19 years old. I don't expect him to come in with four practice, five practices under his belt and learn the offense. So yeah, Steve Kerr needs to switch something up because like what separates a good coach from a great coach or a great coach from from a Hall of Fame coach is your ability to adapt to what you have now. Derek mentioned it earlier in the show. Like the Spurs are fun. The Spurs are different than what they've been before because Greg Popovich has evolved. Eric Spoelstra evolves every single damn year. Y'all remember that year where they started off like 11 and 30 and then they end up basically making the playoffs because the second half of the season he evolved that offense to build what I mean to to go around what he was doing or what he had. So, yeah, it's just like the great coaches find a way to to make it happen. Um, and so far, like Steve players. Kerr hasn't. Great players do the same thing. You know what I mean? They just adjust and they adapt to what's going on. So, shit, if you're giving me threes, I'm going to make threes. If you take away the three, now I'm driving. And then if now for, now if you're being – if you're walling up, I'm going to just settle for the mid-range pull-up. You know what I mean? Or now I'm kicking a ball out. Like, great players going to adapt. Great coaches going to adapt. Great teams adapt. You know what I mean? Like, you can't just throw one – you can't just take away one thing from a great team. Yeah. Like, I know a lot of teams probably went against those old Warrior teams. Like, just take away the three. Nah, Steph Curry's a shooter. He can make mid-range shots. Yeah. Too. He prefers a three, but he'll take mid-range shots. Like Kenny just said, he's 6'2", but when he needs to, we've seen Steph Curry get to the basket and make finishes and get to the line. So, um, I agree, man. And I, I think the, the day that they do, the day they'll be a lot better just because it'll just be simple. You know what I mean? Sometimes simplicity is, is what it takes. Mm-hmm. I, I- at this point, I feel like it's either you he's gonna change because he acknowledges he can't he can't run that offense with those type of players, or it's just like the mindset is for we we gonna run this. You know, it's gonna it's gonna it might be game thirty two where we get it down, but hey, we gonna get this down. So I think that's the mind it could be the mindset on too. That could also be a good mindset too, Mike, because maybe they like man. Clay Thompson come back next year anyway. Soon we and this is gonna be they roster like. Kelly Oubre is under contract for at least another year. Wiggins is under contract for two more years. So this is what their team is going to look like. Look like They just extended Draymond, too. So it does make sense to maybe just be like, ah, we'll be good next year, I guess. But that's they just... don't know your shit by next year. Right. <laughs> right. They're <laughs> so not going to fail this class twice. You hope, you hope players like Wiggins kind of make that adaptation. Right. I, um, a, a conversation I've been seeing a lot on Twitter and Reddit, and I wanted to ask my boys. If you were the Celtics, would you trade Jalen Brown for James Harden? Yeah. Uh, because I think James Harden is one of those dudes that he just – your ceiling's just so much higher with him because he, he can just carry you. And in those close games, you can just give him the ball. He can it, – it's just James Harden just gives your team a different dynamic than Jalen Brown. Like yeah. a completely different dynamic. I'm going to go no. Hey, no. Sound, go first, P. I'm going to let you go. I'm going to let you go. No. Um. First and foremost, I can't picture James Harden in Boston. That's that's just, I just I can't see him just playing in Boston. Uh, and number two, I, I like what the Celtics have. I don't understand the rush. Like, James, as good as James Harden does, he doesn't guarantee a championship. And I think like if they if they if they don't win a champ, it's championship or bust if they get hard. Yeah. What they have right now, they have a nice young wing, two nice young wing guys that they'll be able to build around for the foreseeable future. Like, they're going to be able to build around that team, those two guys, for a very long time, a very long time. 
if especially if things keep going the way that they go on. Um, and I think James Harden, how many more years he got of you, Richard, like legitimately building around him? You know what I mean? When he's being this guy that Derek is talking about raising your ceiling that high. And I think there's also an argument of, does he raise your ceiling that high? That, that was my thing. Maybe that was for sure. But does he raise you to where the Celtics are not a number one team? He's going to mesh with Jason Tatum real good. Mm-hmm. They're going to be running the gun in it. I don't know. Yeah, don't that, know. That, was, that was my thing on this, just for one. You could say, yeah, let, let's trade him because we're getting the top five. We're getting the top whatever player back. We're getting James Harden. But honestly, I'm like he said, I'm cool with that, those two wings. I mean, first of all, like we seen James Harden just doesn't seem like he's just a dude that just meshes with any star. It seems like it has to be the right fit. Or we, we haven't even seen the right fit yet. We don't even know if John Wall's the, you know, the best fit for him. So I would say that. And then James Harden always just seems like a dude that, like, he, he's going to play his best, like, playmaking all around when he's kind of by himself. And he knows he's, like, the guy, the guy, the guy, I feel like. So I, I would say no for that standpoint, just for, like, the fit. This team is also playing without Kimball Walker. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. If they maybe had their starting point guard, I think they'd be a really good team if they had their starting point guard. Even if it wasn't, even if it wasn't Kemba, but if they just had like a starting point guard, that is normally a typical. Like who's starting right now for them? Jeff Mark, T. Mark, Marcus Smart starting at the one. Right. So. And I think they. They'd be fine. I think they also need that mix up with Kemba Walker because, um, I mean, I forgot what they shot. I think they shot like seven for twenty-two, from three. And um, we talked about the last episode, but I think Jalen Brown didn't get to the free throw line. Jason Tatum only had like three, and they ended up losing that game off because they couldn't hit their jump shots. But we know Kemba Walker is the dude that kind of mixes it in. He hits the mid-range and all that type of stuff. So Hey, I wish I knew his name, but maybe y'all saw a fan tweeted us, bro, and he was talking about us, talking about the Jason Tatum free throw thing. And his argument was that Jason Tatum not getting calls. I wanted to respond, but I was like, I'm too tired. I don't think that's the way it works, really. I understand you're a fan, but don't be that fan, bro. At, at his at, at his least, Jason Tatum is getting six, six, five. Like, even if he's not getting calls, he shouldn't have had four free throws in the first three games. Yeah, Like, you no. can't use that There's as There's no a, fucking way. Yeah. There's no way. There's no way you can make that argument to me. And, and like, because even if he's not getting calls, he'll get some. Right. You know what I'm Maybe he ain't getting the superstar calls like Trey Young is getting this season, but he would get a couple if he was getting to the basket like that. There's no way he wouldn't. So yeah, that's a that's a dumbass argument. But he's getting better at it through the last couple of games. So, um, but I I just thought the the idea of that trade was super interesting because I've been seeing it a lot with the the Celtics early struggles and of course James Harden wanting out, Jalen Brown looking like an All Star this year. I believe that. If Danny Ainge wanted to, if he offered Jalen Brown for James Harden, I think that they would say yes. Not Maybe not straight up because some salary shit, but like I think that they would say yes because Jalen Brown is like the prototypical player that they should want as a young guy that's blossoming into an all-star. Maybe they want a little bit of draft capital too because the, the Celtics be having so many picks and don't know what to do with them. Um, but I think that the ball is in Danny Ainge's court. Like There are a couple players in the league or a couple teams in the league that I could see putting together like a really good package. Of course, that's like Philly if they decide that they don't want Ben Simmons anymore, but the team is looking real good right now, so I don't think they do that at the moment. Um, the Boston Celtics with Jalen Brown is a trade piece. And then I've been seeing a lot of people throw in the the Raptors as a as a trade destination, which is like... Well, who? Jan Carter? It, no. Pascal Siakam. Yeah. Pascal as the, as the big fish. I'll tell you right now, I want Pascal Siakam. 
I wouldn't he, either. He'd have to put together some games because as of right now, it's just a what have you done for me lately as league, and I don't see the Rockets being like, this is good, like, yes. Like, I think they would be like, he going to have to put together a string of games that's going to reverse our mind and thinking of him. Right. Unless y'all giving him and Fred, you know what I mean, which I doubt. But um, I, think, I think it's an interesting destination. The only problem with it is, like, you would have Laurie, Fred, and James Harden as your top three players. And then that, like, OG, I know he's really good, but that front court is already bad. And it get even worse if you lose Pascal Siakam. Um, but people are like, man, they did it a couple years ago with Kawhi Leonard, and they That's got the Kawhi pieces Leonard. again. And uh, in the green bag. Yeah, Marcus all as well. They didn't give up. They didn't. You really think about it. They didn't really give up shit for that. And there's a lot of different factors for it because Kawhi was coming off the injury for one. So we, I remember we were talking about it like we don't even know which version of Kawhi we're gonna get. Um, and of course we got the real good version. But then they they already wanted a culture change anyway. So trading Demar Derozan wasn't anything to them. And they gave up one first-round pick that ended up being, like, late 20s. And then Jacopoto. Like, that was nothing to get Kawhi. And this is going to be a lot different this year because, first of all, James Harden has two years on his contract. He's a guy that's never injured. And, I mean, I guess that's the two biggest things. He's James Harden. Like, the whole offense. I think Jalen Brown Brown can make some guys who aren't um, available available. Like, like the Wizards, no, they don't want to give a Bradley Beal, but shit, if you can get Jalen Brown, Bradley Beal might become available. Yeah, I mean, he it's just a, his skill set at this point. Like, hey, he put boys together, Tatum and uh, Bradley Beal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that three AD is already done. If his offensive game keeps growing, you know, he keeps getting more in his bag than shit. It is probably a lot of people around. It's hard for him that it's there. He's just with Tatum and Kimba last year, and you know, it's only so much he'd be but able I- to do. I think there's also the argument too that we know he's like already still growing, but con- like contending teams could use him too. They could use a dude that's just like a good three and D who could shoot and give you four, 15 points or something like that. I think as well. Mm-hmm. So there's there's a couple players that are bigger name players that I think are gonna get moved other than like James Harden. You know, Ooh. he's not on James Harden level, but Zach Levine is 100 percent getting traded right. this season. 100 percent getting traded this season. No ifs ands buts about it. Should the Celtics? Should the Celtics? I'm sorry, I got a notification. I thought it was <laughs> said somebody fired. Somebody. Who got it's fired? Texas. Texas. Oh, I'm thinking we talking about Scott Brooks, boy. That's not with the hair. But um, would you trade Zach Levine to Boston? Depend on what I'm getting back. Jalen Brown versus for Zach Levine. Hell yeah! You got your damn <laughs> Celtics perspective. Oh no, no, not no. a chance. Y'all, uh, y'all have y'all Jalen Brown. Who? Yeah, they can have two of them joints. That's Hell the yeah. You see our defense this season? We need we need as many Jalen Browns as we can get. <laughs> um, but no, I don't think the Celtics do it because, A, they just signed um, um, him for, what, four-year max extension and Zach Levine will be a free agent after this season and one more year. Um, so I don't think – no, they, they're losing value there. I, I think that Jalen Brown is not as good of an offensive player as Zach Levine, but he's damn close, and he's a significantly better defender. Yeah. So I think they'd be losing value there. But shit, if, if Ag get that call, he better pull that trigger ASAP. ASAP. What do you see Zach Levine play for? Philly. Yeah. I think Philly's a perfect. You know what they get now? Um, I don't know. They got they got they got the pieces too, though, for sure. Um I, I would man, are you taking Matisse shake and a, and some picks? Yeah. I am. Damn. Um, 
You don't care about Zach no more? It's not that I do. I care about Zach more than you even know. That's why I want him out of here. He deserves that's, better. That's a stink. You Philly. It is. That's why I'm like, okay, because Philly is the perfect right next to Ben Simmons, bro. You mm-hmm. talk about a dude that can get his own shot for you? The way I see it is, for the for the Bulls at least. They may be my championship pick if they pull that off. <laughs> for <laughs> the Bulls your profile pick on Twitter. <laughs> um, we are in a transition period as an organization. And we have to start going in a direction. And Zach Levine doesn't fit, even though he's not old, he doesn't fit what we want from our younger guys. Um, and I, he doesn't, he's not the type of player that Ak usually likes. He's it's that feeling too, though. Doesn't it feel like Zach Levine is going to be tra- Derek, yeah. no funny shit. Even Derek, his body language on court, it just feels like he's like, I'm done. Derek did the podcast with those girls, no funny shit. And I think, and, and part of your conversation, one of the girls like, yeah, it just feels like Zach Levine is going to be traded. Like, I just feel like he's not. Am I correct, there? Yes, he I think that's just a feeling people are getting is that Zach Levine just would get traded. I think the, it just lines up the contract, like you mentioned, there. Um, he's just so good. The team is just so bad. You're not, y'all not the team that we thought y'all was going to be. Like, last year and this year, we kept thinking, like, the Bulls could be this sneaky seventh seed, which – the fact that y'all aren't isn't a big deal. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, of course y'all would like to be, but it ain't a big deal. But it just feels like, yeah, get Levine off while you can. Mm-hmm. Still two years, because when the last year deal comes down, you know that it less, cuts. Less power, so, yeah. Get him get him out of there. Uh, the Knicks will fuck around and give y'all. Uh, Julius Randle or some shit. Y'all give him us, and we we good. And now y'all have a front court of Wendell Carter, Julius Randle, Larry Marshall. <laughs> <laughs> Julius Randle will play <laughs> I guess he can run small forwards the way he's been playing. This and, hey, the Cavs did it and started off 3-0. Mm-hmm. They did. They did. Um, yeah. I mean, the way I see it is just like having Zach Levine on that road, that was like – that's the guy that's like they he could he could possibly take them to like the playoffs or something. The way it's kind of looking like now, yeah, I don't know if that's happening. So you get him out of there and just let your young guys like grow and get those shots and get those opportunities. Could be the move. What the Bulls want, Harden, I, I, I'm going to keep saying it, man. I think the Bulls could put up a package for Harden, man. If I was the Rockets, I'd be calling the Bulls down because Zach Levine only 25. He's only 25. So, so it depends. Like, I think we had this conversation when when um, he first officially requested a trade, and I was like, I don't want him at bounce. Like, that's what I had said. I'm so desperate for wins right now, bro. bro I'm ready for it. A, a funner team to watch. James it would be a, a more like, fun team to watch, James but we'd still be – We'd still be bad, though. We'd probably be a playoff team, but we're like, what's the value in that? I think it's what the front office would look at. What is the value of just having James Harden and a bunch of role players carry us to the seventh seed in the Eastern Conference and us just be that? Y'all have been just like when he first got to Houston. Yeah. First year he got there. Yeah, that's, that's why I say he would be a dog. That's when he at his best, when it's just like him and role players because he know that he could do whatever he want on the court scoring wise but he know he got to get the other and two And the coach is going to simplify the offense because he's new there. So it just be like Harden, pick and roll, Wendell, everybody else standing around out of Porter, get ready to shoot eight threes a game. I would still say no to that though. The idea of James Harden in here just because the timetable. Like what the hell are we going to do in the two years of him being here? Yeah, he's going to Yeah, he's going to have to rebuild. Those picks going to be much higher. Yeah, I'm good on it. I'm good I mean, on lower, it. Not higher. Yeah. Um, Dallas is nice. Dallas with who? Exactly. Dallas don't really have anything that's super intriguing to me as a fan. They're they like, I, part of being a GM is, and it's so dumb because I, I believe that a lot of GMs are very smart in what they do. But part of the the thing that I, I've heard is that like 
some of the trades that we see that GMs want to do, they don't because it's hard to convince the fans that it'll be worth it. Like if we traded Zach Levine for James Johnson because the contracts match and two first round picks, the fans would be in a fucking uproar. You know what I'm saying? So it'll be hard for Ack in his first year on the job to trade the star player for two draft picks and a guy that's an inspiring contract. Um, so I think those are the type of things that's on his mind. At the end of the day, whatever we get back for Zach Levine when the day does come, I'm not gr- I'm not gonna come on here and be like fuck or yes we did it. You know it's gonna take it's gonna take time. Like the same thing with the Jimmy Butler trade. I hated that trade immediately. I mean, I guess we're a few years down the line and it still ain't materialized anything because we're about to trade Zach Levine and Laurie Marketing might be a restricted free agent and leave because somebody's going to offer him $30 million. But in the moment, I hated it. I hated it. And that's just a, a progression as a fan that you don't initially dra- grade trades harshly because you never really know what it's going to turn into. Was that an exaggeration on the Laurie Marketing contract? Laurie Marketing wanted $20 million and the Bulls were asking to have him sign for sixteen. And this year he's been pretty fucking good. Uh, he's not gonna get thirty. Somebody's gonna give him like twenty-two, and then the Bulls have to make a decision: is he worth that? Same thing they did with Zach Levine. Zach Levine ended up being worth it at the end of the day. I don't think Larry Market is gonna be worth the twenty-two if somebody offers him it. So that's puts the Bulls in another tough situation. Yeah, gotta be smart. Too much Bulls talk though. It's too much Bulls talk. Hold up, before we finish. Okay. Three trades the Chicago Bulls should target <laughs> Zach Levine. You know okay. I have to get that. Um. Okay, let's get to number one. I hate when they make these slides like this. Just put them all on one page. Mm-hmm. Wow. The Chicago Bulls receive Patty Mills, Derek White, uh, 2022 first-round lottery protected, and the Spurs receive Zach Levine. Next. Yeah, I don't like that pick. Yeah. I don't like that pick at all. Patty, Patty Mills is a Spurs forever, man. Yeah, similar to like what JJ Barea was. Y'all seen the stuff that JJ Barea has said? Yeah, uh, LeBron and Dirk. Yeah. Oh, the Dirk stuff. Yeah. I love that. That interview was amazing. in a party. Um, Tim Hardaway Jr., Jalen Brunson, 2021 for second round pick, 2022 first round pick. Mavs get Zach Levine. No, Jalen Brunson coming back to the crib. Eee. No, thank you. We'll pass on that one. And then last but not least. That one seems more realistic than the first one, though, I must admit. Get the fuck out of here. The Chicago Bulls receive Dennis Smith Jr. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Los Angeles Clippers 2021 first round pick via the Knicks. Uh, Charlotte Hornet 2022nd round pick. And then the New York Knicks 2022 first round pick. We're giving up a lot of fucking picks for a guy that has two years left on his deal. And we get Zach Levine. We so can, y'all, get, y'all get DSJ. Kevin Knox, y'all getting 2021 first round pick, no protections from the Clippers. Y'all getting Charlotte's second round pick, and then y'all getting a 2022 first round pick from us with no protections. Well, that's the thing about Zach Levine. We're like, what is his real value at the end of the day? For for way he plays in the two years left on his contract, his value could be something like that trade, honestly. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't be expecting to get nobody back that's good. It should be future draft capital that we that we really targeting. I think about it as a Knicks. How much confidence do you have in Zach Levine to be a playoff team by 2022? Because that pick, I'm willing to give up that pick as long as it's not back in a lottery. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That pick is only intriguing for the Bulls if it's not protected. Right. If we loaded up for protection, that pick ends the shit. Hey, no, we're going to lottery protect. I hate lottery protected picks because it's just like, bitch, 
I, I want a lottery pick. You know what I mean? So it's like, I understand why it's not protected because it makes the Bulls more intrigued to do it. But it's like, can the Knicks put together a team by 2022 that can at least flirt or be in the playoffs to where you don't feel like, oh my gosh, these motherfuckers got the fourth overall pick with a pick that could have been our pick. Yeah. And I would fuck around going to limb because even if we suck this year, we get a chance at Kate, Suggs, all of these guys in this loaded draft class. And you have to think if, if shit ain't in place with the, a, a new lottery pick this year, we just had, we just got OB um, and RJ the last two years. And then we throw in Zach Levine in the mix. Man, we better have been a playoff team by then. Yeah, that's rough. That's rough. The, the market for Zach is going to be so weird, man. But I'm here for it. I'm here I mean, for he, it. He had 20, like 25 point per game score as. You know, we got. It's always a question. Like, is he gonna do that on a more stacked team? Is he, won't he still be. gonna be? His role changes significantly on yeah. on another team. He won't be able to get as many shots as he's getting. He's he has an ultimate great. Like, Zach Levine fucked up. If he goes to the 76 is what he loses three points. He's gonna be a 22 point score. I don't think he goes to the Sixers and is a 17 point score. No, but he definitely not going to the Sixers and being the guy like he's been used to for Chicago the last couple of years. Oh, That's the bro. only difference. Yeah, they got MVP. Yeah, that's the only but difference. I think he's still a, a, a legit scorer. Yeah, you've seen it kind of this year because the offense doesn't flow through him like it did last year. Right. Which is like he's he's playing a lot of off the ball, and he's he's not playing bad whatsoever offensively. Um, And he's still averaging 22 on three less shots. So, Tell me if I'm, I could just picture Zach Levine in a Philly, in a yeah. Philly jersey. Yeah. Like he too. just looked. And I was already like, they already got a team light skin. Besides Joel Embiid, because they got Ben, got Seth, Danny Green, and Tobias. They're literally almost team light skin. I feel like Zach Levine is right. a perfect light skin to put on that team. Yeah, I, I would love it. Me and my dad talked about that, that that team, that move happening all year. I mean, all, all season. He wanted that. I'm like, the Bulls ain't going to trade his ass in Philly. Mm. But I would love it, personally. Yeah. I'm a Zach fanatic. Get Zach over there. Um, Bulls. I want to see something. Before we end, let's play the three-point game. Can y'all name the top five three-point shooting teams in the league five, no, six games in? Trailblazers. Trailblazers are number six. Uh, Clippers. Clippers are number four. Uh, the Mavs. Mavs Ooh, are not I'm in just... there. Bucks. What'd Bucks. you say, P? The Knicks. The Knicks are not in there as far as percentage goes anymore. They were there until they shot three for 36 in that one game, and they just lost everything. Um, the Bucks are number two. Dante DiVincenzo. Dante DiVincenzo baby. don't miss. Holy burning shit. that thing. He just don't miss. Um, Y'all missing three teams. Did we say the Hawks? Hawks are number one. Okay. The Kings. Kings are not in there. Brooklyn? Brooklyn is not in there. Is one team that's really good, and then one team that's surprisingly good. San Antonio. Nope. San Antonio's top top ten though. The Cavaliers. Cavaliers are number five. So y'all missing the third best three point shooter team throughout the first couple weeks, first week of the season. Based on percentage, obviously. I don't think who just been on fire. Well, it's Pelicans. Nope. They dead ass last. <laughs> 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 Where they get that three point two? <laughs> if it ain't Lonzo, it ain't nobody. Come on, this is this is an easy one. It's a very good team. Maybe not known for their three point shooting, but this year I guess they've been good. The Lakers. The Lakers. The Lakers. Uh-huh. They are yeah they third in the league in percentage. So 
I like looking at stuff like this because, like I mentioned, like the Pelicans being dead last makes so much sense to me. Yeah. The second worst makes a lot of sense too, if you really think about it. The team's numbers say that Stephen Adams is good with them, with him on the court, though. Really? Is the second worst the Wizards? No, but the Wizards are down there. It's a good pick, but it ain't they ain't second worst no more. I mean, that's because when when he's not out there, they put it in Jackson Hayes. We know he's better than Jackson Hayes. Yeah, they've been running some Nico Melli at five too. If that makes any sense, one of their lineups is going to have to be the, the best lineup. So, our whole thing is Stephen Adams shouldn't fucking be on the roster. Yeah, no, yeah, no. I'm, I'm with you 100%. <laughs> they not only traded for the man, they extended him like immediately. Yeah, that yeah, that's the weirdest thing they could have done. But, but you are right, Derek. When Stephen Adams is on the court, they are significantly better as a, as a roster. Yeah. But again, his backup is fucking Jackson Hayes. <laughs> <laughs> Who ain't, you know, he's not that good of a basketball player. The second worst three-point shooter team is the Warriors. Which, again, yeah. makes sense when you think Kelly Oubre is shooting 4%. Kelly Oubre is turning that whole team down, bro. He's bringing that whole th- whole three-point field percentage <laughs> down, bro. When he start hitting them, though, watch out. Mm. Watch I out. wonder just how bad, like, what if he goes, like, he, he ends up, like, for his first 100 threes, he only hits, like, five of them. Even if he's, like, on fire for the rest of the season, his three-point percentage is going to be shit, like, yeah. bad. I need 2K to update the damn rosters. We're a week into the season. I need to see players get better. There are players that are making jump of a years, but they're overall still a 73 and 2. Why the hell is Kelton Johnson still a 75 and 2K if he's playing as good as he is? So, 2K just needs to be better. They need to take Why some of these people down, too. Three if he's shooting like this. <laughs> right. This this is dumb. Um, I think we I think that's it, and we'll be back on Tuesday. To what we named this one? Um, would you trade Jalen Brown for James Harden? That's the clickbait. We talked about it for a few minutes, but I know that's that's something people, <laughs> that's something where people will click on, bro. People will click on that one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Especially Celtics fans, you know, it's a lot of them out there. You trade Jalen Brown for James Harden? Yep. Yep, that's the title. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see y'all on Tuesday.